today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, it looks like the DOT is going after airlines who didn't give timely refunds. Southwest extends the no-booze policy, and we talk a little bit how travel has changed since 9-11. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, we will remind you of some of the ways and the resources available to be prepared before you travel in the time of COVID. Canada opens its borders to tested and vaccinated U.S. travelers a month ago. Road reporter Chris Galloway took a group to Niagara Falls, Ontario last week and will host another this week. He checks in to tell us about getting in and out of Canada and what to expect when you get there at 335. Gwen Duncan is our resident travel advisor and her agency sells a lot of cruises. And at 350, we check in with Gwen to see what cruisers are buying and how they're responding to the roadblocks that they're encountering on their way to the ship. For those of us who are wanderers, the urge to travel is great. With a vaccination, sometimes a mask, and a little common sense, you can hit the road. Thanks for checking in with us first. We are the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. To Alaska, I go north to Russia's own. Welcome again to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment, guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano here with you. Thanks for joining you. We're brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. A quick reminder, uh, links to our special guests and all that we talk about and so much more can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. Well, a good afternoon, Mark. I know uh, both of us are on kind of a high note as... Uh, the Giants put one in the books here this morning. How, how did you like fans. these? <laughs> how did you like these morning games? Uh, listen, I love them. I know the football season started today, and so and the college football season has started. And all I have to say is that uh, baseball still has a little bit to run, and the Dodger fans are getting. I, you can see the sweat coming down the side of their faces now because for six months their team's been chasing the Giants and they just can't quite seem to catch them. But anyway, that would be if we were a sports show, but we're a travel show. So <laughs> We are a travel and entertainment show. You know, uh, before we began, uh, you, we were talking about uh, uh, sports leisure vacations and getting a few trips on the road with travelers. Uh, I understand uh, we're going to be talking with Chris Galloway a little bit later on the, on the program. Uh, uh, you guys got a, a couple of trips uh, to Niagara Falls and into Canada. All that going okay? Boy, you can get into Canada, and you can, it's a lot easier to get back than it is to get into Canada. But uh, it can be done, and Chris, bless his heart, approved it with a, a, a group of people, got them all tested and all lined up in their blue pajamas and everything. And Well, no, not blue pajamas, but um, got them all, <laughs> all, uh, all tested and over the border and had fun in Canada. And when we go to Niagara Falls, uh, we stay in rooms that have views of the falls. Because it's always kind of been my philosophy, if you live on the West Coast, you might only get to Niagara once. 
So why would you be in a, mm-hmm. if you had hotels that had rooms where you could see the falls and those were 20 or 30 dollars extra a night and you paid a couple of grand to get there why would you not take the room with a view of the I mean the first time Honestly. I saw it it was like yeah so so our folks always they open up their curtain and they have a beautiful view of Niagara Falls from their hotel room so um and some had a b- bunch of fun activities and Canada is doing very well with vaccinations and um, all of our folks are vaccinated to travel, and, they, of course, you have to test. Chris is going to be here at uh, 335 and talk a little bit about that. So if you're planning a trip to Canada sometime in the next few months, it's not as daunting as you might have been led to believe. Of course, if you've got 25 or 30 people in tow, like Chris did, why then that's a little bit different situation. But uh, uh, they all behaved very well and followed the leader, and life is good. So we're going to try it again this week just to just – to tempt fate. <laughs> All right. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. By the way, when you got the room uh, that you can see the falls from your, uh-huh. open your window, can you hear the falls? Uh, Are they no, too far away? No, they're a ways away. And, and you wouldn't want to hear the falls because, after all, remember, you have to sleep. Um, well, yeah, it's like sleeping with the ocean nearby, well, wouldn't it? Uh, I'm gonna no. The falls is a little <laughs> louder, a little bit louder than than the ocean. But there are quite a few um, hotels there. There's a, a Marriott and a Sheraton. We stay at the Embassy Suites currently. Um, there are half a dozen, maybe eight or nine hotels with a view of the falls. So just your travel tip for the week: if you go to Niagara and you've never been there before, or you're going with somebody who's never been before, get a room with a view of the falls. Don't tell them ahead of time. And when you get up to your room, just tell them to go over and open the curtains and hope to hell that the hotel did what they were supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at the top of every Travel Guys radio program here on a Sunday between 3 and 4, we bring you up to date on uh, what's been going on in the travel news. And with the latest, of course, here's Mark. Well, here's the deal. Uh, what some of us have been hoping for and clamoring about for quite a while, it looks like it's happening. The Department of Transportation is investigating airlines that delayed refunds during the pandemic. You see, a lot of airlines told people, mistakenly, I'm sure, that they weren't eligible for a refund in many instances where they were. Or they made them jump through a lot of hoops that they shouldn't have had to jump through, and eventually people got tired of jumping through the hoops, hoops and took the travel credit when they should have gotten a refund. Uh, Department of Transportation, uh, just to give you an idea, um, they had 30,000 complaints from about 20 different airlines that failed to provide passengers with prompt refunds. Um, they mentioned, this is very interesting, they mentioned specifically that the agency closed their uh, examination into complaints of United Airlines and Air Canada uh, because they said that those two airlines had responded to uh, to the passenger complaints and had done their very best to take care of all of them if they could and had apologized to the customers. Apparently, that would indicate that some airlines have not done that yet. Mm-hmm. But the Department of that knock you hear on the door if you're a CEO of an airline, that's the Department of Transportation coming to sell, tell you that you screwed a whole lot of people and your day has come. And now you get to make good for all of those people. So you know what? Every once in a while, the little guy wins one, and I think we're about to win this one. At least United Airlines and Air Canada were convinced of that because they bellied up to the bar and took care of things. So uh, that's that's nice to hear that, every, like I said, every once in a while the guy on the street wins one. The system is supposed to allow that to happen, and that may be indeed 
what is happening. So if an airline still owes you a refund, remember, if you settled for a credit or you canceled first and then they canceled and, and you got a credit, then you're not eligible for a refund. So um, you, you may already be in a position where you, where you can't, you know, you don't have any movement. But make sure that you use those vouchers because the airline is counting on the fact that you won't. I uh, hear about the two travelers that submitted fake vaccination cards before flying to Toronto. This seems to be something that comes up once a week now. Um, they each got fined nearly $16,000. Wow. For, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, they, they, they falsified their documents and tried to get into uh, Toronto, and it's not going to work too well for them. So my suggestion to you is if you're using a false vaccine card, uh, make sure the name of your vaccine is properly spelled because uh, Moderna has become Moderna in some cases, and that's pretty much a dead giveaway that you have a fake card when the name of the vaccine company is spelled wrong. Wouldn't it be just easier to just get the vaccine and get the card it and be would, done with it? It, it, would, it, it would seem. It, it, what's funny to me, Tom, it really and truly is hysterical to me. Someone pointed this out last week, that people who are all afraid that the vaccine contains, you know, something that's going to allow them to be tracked or something like that. These are the very people who are walking around every day with a cell phone in their pocket. And every movement that they make is bouncing off of a cell tower. And at night, even if they turn their cell phone off at night, their cell phone is sending information to different entities all about them. All these people knew all kinds of things about you and I and stuff like that. And so being concerned, I, I, I don't get it. Somebody who uses a cell phone as, and is concerned the vaccination is going to allow someone to track them, put the damn cell phone down would be the first thing that I would do if I was concerned about someone tracking my whereabouts. Southwest Airlines, go ahead. Have you ever uh, noticed, you know, once in a while you'll get something, it'll show up on your phone, either on your text messages or your emails, and it'll it'll offer you something that you were were looking for. You know, you you did a little scrolling around and you Mm -hmm. clicked on it, and so now the cookies and all, and now you're getting information about whatever that car or whatever it was that you're looking for. I've seen stuff show up on my phone of stuff that I have not looked for, but I have talked to others about in the room with my phone. Uh. And I swear my phone is listening, and then it's, uh, it's, it's, it's spamming me, cookie me, into, and, then, and then offering me some of the things that I was talking about. So I, figure I that a, one out. I bought an airline ticket to Oklahoma City last Tuesday. And for the rest of the and, and then looked up a couple of attractions in the area because I'm going to a meeting and going in a day early and that's a Route 66 <laughs> city. So for the rest of the week, every time I logged on to my phone or my laptop, I got a message regarding an Oklahoma City hotel um, because they figured if I would bought an airline ticket and I was looking at things to do that I probably needed a hotel room. And in this case, they didn't know that I already had one. But nonetheless, yes, you're you're absolutely right. All right, rolling along here. Southwest Airlines is going to continue the alcohol ban on their flights and into 2022. Um, that means you cannot buy a, a drink, uh, an alcoholic beverage, on a Southwest plane. I guess this isn't too surprising since Southwest has had their share of passengers who have misbehaved and uh, have given it to flight attendants. In fact, didn't I believe, don't I believe the president last week uh, specifically mentioned in, a spe- in, one, in his speech uh, about COVID that, uh, you know, give the flight attendants a break. Good grief. Show them a little respect. 
I mean, they're there to to. I I thought that was was kind of an interesting sidebar that he threw that he that he mentioned the the flight attendants and threw that in. Um, Talk tours. I, we mentioned that they're requiring their guests to be 100 percent vaccinated on all cruises and tours, no exceptions. Um, a large number of international tour companies and many national tour companies are joining that list. So if you are planning, if you've already scheduled or you're planning an organized vacation with a tour operator anytime uh, in the upcoming months, make sure you check those policies if you are someone who does not wish to vaccinate because many of them now are not allowing people to even test uh, before they head off on a on a tour. Uh, let's see here. What else have we got? Uh, Hamilton is starting up in Sacramento next week. This will be the first time in the new theater downtown. So maybe somebody who goes to Hamilton starting Friday will call us next Sunday and let us know how it was. I will be out of town, so I will not be there. And uh, let's take just a minute here uh, before we wrap up the news and talk. There's been a lot of stuff about 9-11 and a lot of ceremonies, and I'm sure a lot of tears shed and the like um, this week, the 20th anniversary of uh, 9-11 was yesterday, but I, I thought it would be interesting just to reflect back on how travel has changed since 9-11. Remember, before 9-11, airport security was kind of a joke. Um, it was run by people who weren't really security people in most cases, and you went through uh, something that was supposed to detect if you had a gun or something like that, and that was pretty much about it. And then came 9-11, and all of a sudden you had to take your shoes off after the gentleman a few months after tried the shoe thing with the uh, gun on the plane mm-hmm. and the bomb on the shoe. Shoe bomb, right. Yeah. And so TSA became a much more you couldn't take liquids of more than 3.4 ounces. And I remember flying right after 9-11, and they took away my little portable disposable razor. That was in my carry-on bag because uh, we were kind of overreacting a little bit, and you weren't allowed to take any of those kinds of things. Those things have got have relaxed a little bit. Um, we didn't have long lines at security. You didn't have to think about if you were traveling at a busy time about that security might be 30 or 45 minutes uh, or an hour. Remember how you used to go to the gate? And send people off, even when there was security. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You had to go down. You could go all the way, literally, to where they got off the plane and greet them when they came to town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But now, um, no greeting at the gate. No. Uh, So there have been, since uh, 9-11, a lot of airline consolidations, um, bailouts, uh, taxpayer money on a lot of times. Delta merged with Northwest in 2008, Continental Morphed into United in 2012. American bought out U.S. Airways in 2013 to the extent now um, the legacy airlines, there are the big three, and then you could probably count Southwest. Um, We're going to talk a little bit um, with Chris Elliott when he is on with us next week about a brand new airline that started up on the East Coast called Breeze. But anyway, there has travel has become, particularly airports, have become a lot more complicated um, since 9-11. Safety has become a much greater concern. Um, If you remember, box cutters played a role in the whole 9-11 thing on the airplanes. So uh, we started focusing more on smaller items. Interestingly enough, in some cases, TSA officials have have failed to detect 
larger items that have been smuggled through security. Haven't seen any of those articles the last couple of years, so my guess is that maybe that is getting a little better. But there definitely have been a lot of changes, particularly if you fly since 9-11. You can remember, quote, the good old days when you could park at the curb and wait for somebody who was coming out of the building in 20 minutes, but now they would really prefer that you move on. Anyways, travel is a little bit different uh, since 9-11, but perhaps a little bit safer for all of us. And that's your travel news for today. There you go. And the advent of the cell phone lot. Ah. All right, my friends. Yes, we are the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Again, TravelGuysRadio.com. Links to our guests and more information to make you a smarter traveler. All right, we're going to be talking with, uh, let's see, no, what, 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 no. Next, we're going to remind you about uh, some tips and resources that are available to help prepare you before you travel during this time of COVID. That's next on our Smarter Traveler segment here on The Travel Guys. Here we go. We are Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys, as always, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And, uh, all right. San Antonio, aren't you, you're headed there. Well, yes, I am. I'm not going to Amarillo. I was planning on taking a road trip there, but that's another story altogether. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, to that Amarillo by morning. Absolutely. San Antonio by late afternoon. (laughs) Okay, my friends, let's see. I want to travel. Yep. It's COVID time. Yep. There are resources available to me, I understand, Mark, to help prepare me. Let's make people smarter travelers about okay. that. What we do you got have? About, we got about five minutes here. Um, what I wanted to tell you first was this this spot was all going to be about keeping your phone charged and useful in a natural disaster. Uh, you know, you got some place and, and, and you're traveling and you're, you get away from where you can charge your phone or something happens you weren't expecting and how to keep it charged. However, there's a paywall to that article that I wanted to share with you folks. So we'll save that for a couple weeks. And uh, shift gears. But one thing I do want to share with you right now in regards to cell phones is if you travel, make sure you have a cell phone cell or two, the little portable thing that you can charge. Right. And then use to charge your phone and carry those with you. And then the other thing is remember to recharge them before each trip, because if you haven't recharged them, obviously they will run down. But having a couple of those will, and, and the cord that connects them to your phone will allow you to charge your phone without power just about any place and will be immeasurably. In, in I can't think of any more valuable thing that I have purchased in this age of technology than being able mm-hmm. to charge a cell phone without power. Okay, a um, couple of, of these are just kind of some random tips here in COVID time. Um, We talk about flying. If you're going on a cruise, always flying the day before your cruise so that your luggage will be there and the like. But in this day of COVID and testing and all of that stuff, um, all the better reason to fly an extra day ahead of time. Um, Make sure if you have to be tested before your trip, make sure that you are getting the right kind of test. Um, There are two different types of tests. basically of two different types of tests if you get the wrong one and you get to your destination and you say oh please have pity on me because i misunderstood chances are that they won't and that might mean that you're not getting on the ship and maybe it's sailing without you so be very careful mm. when you're when you're getting the, t- the the test um fly non-stop if you can 
whether you're going on a cruise or a tour or you're just going to a funeral or a business meeting, whatever, flying nonstop, especially now is a much better idea. Airports and the things associated airports are a lot more dangerous than being on an airplane, which has a hospital filtration system, uh, hospital quality. It's being in the airport itself where you're going to be at the most risk. Um, Make sure you take a look at insuring your trip, but remember that fear of COVID is not a covered reason for for cashing in on travel insurance. If you get COVID, that would be a reason for collecting, but fear of COVID is not. So if that's the reason that you're thinking about that you might not travel, don't waste your money on travel insurance. It isn't going to help you. Um, By the way, if you get someplace and all of your clothing of all your belongings don't show up, keep all of your receipts They may or may not have a value to you, but just as a practice, just keep all of the receipts. You may be even able to get some folks in their homeowner's insurance have some coverage for delays uh, when they are traveling. So um, those are just a few things that you can kind of remember in this day of COVID, but the testing thing is really important. Know if you have to be tested. Make sure you have the right kind of test, and increasingly, I would tell folks who are not vaccinated that it's pretty likely that you're going to get someplace along the way that you're not going to be able to go in because you may not, because just having a test or having a religious exemption or something like that is not going to cut it. So make sure, really sure, that you do your homework there. All right. We are the Travel and Entertainment Guys, Mark and Tom. Again, TravelGuysRadio.com is our website. Coming up after a short time out for some news, road reporter Chris Galloway joins us. He's going to tell us about getting in and out of Canada and what to expect when uh, when you get there. That'll be in, in uh, about three minutes right here on the Travel Guys. So stick around. Thanks for joining us, our friends. Hey, when's the last time you left on a jet plane, huh? All right. I know uh, our special guest uh, coming up here in a second certainly has recently, and we'll talk about that. By the way, if you're just tuning in, this is the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Every Sunday, 3 to 4, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you. We're brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mark? Our guest uh, joining us here as we head towards the top of the hour is Chris Galloway. Chris is a road reporter for the Travel Guys and a tour director at Sports Leisure Vacations. Chris has been up in Canada for the last week. He's in Chicago right now, but he's getting ready to head back to the frozen north. Well, not quite quite frozen north yet. I guess it's early September. Chris, welcome to the Travel Guys. Well, thank you very much. How are you guys today? We're doing okay. The smoke is not bad here in Sacramento. I know it's been a week or so since you've been here, but the sky is is actually blue. And we had thunderstorms that made it through here a couple days ago and didn't set the world on fire. So life in Sacramento is probably about as good as it could be. How was life in Canada? Uh, about as good as it could um, We had beautiful weather. Actually, we got a little rain. But, you know, to you Californians, it's a bit of a novelty these days, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Chris, I know that your folks had to jump through some hoops to get to Canada. We probably have one or two or seven people who are listening to this broadcast right now who are either have already travel plans to head to Canada or might head there in the next few months before this all blows over. Um, tell us a little bit about what was required for your people to get across the U.S. border and safely into Canada. Um, well, as you said, yes, they have put some, some new measures in place. 
Um, of course, you, you have to be fully vaccinated, and that vaccination has to have been within 14 arrival into Canada. Uh, let's see, what else did they make us do? We had to take a PCR molecular test. Uh, this is a swab test, but you, you need to make sure when you're doing this that it is the PCR molecular, not the antigen test. That one is not, um, what am I trying to say? I, I guess that one is not good enough to be permitted into the country. Not um, approved. Let's see, we are, not approved. Uh, we also had to have our uh, vaccination records, uh, not your actual vaccination card, you could simply have just a, uh, a photocopy that worked just fine or even a digital copy on your phone, just a, a screenshot or even an email, something like that. And lastly, they have a new app. Um, this can also be done on a, a desktop or a laptop computer, but it's called Arrive Can, Arrive C-A-N. Um, basically, what this does, it just it, it verifies your information, your Letting them know that you have been vaccinated, that you have been tested, uh, you upload the pictures of your vaccination cards, and then it just asks you some very general questions about your time in the country, uh, what time you're going to cross, what type of entry it is, is it land, is it water, is it by air, um, and again, it, it kind of goes through sort of a what-if scenario. You know, what if you get there and you test positive? Do you have a quarantine plan? Um, are you, you know, in your quarantine plan, would you be somewhere for 14 days where you would have necessities like food and water and that sort of thing? So, yes, it's extra hoops, but it's not too terribly much. It's not something that's undoable. Tom? Chris, uh, based on taking people to Canada many, many times over the years with sports leisure. How much longer, how much of a delay uh, does all of this uh, showing your test results and so forth, uh, how much does it slow you down? Well, Tom, I got to tell you, um, when we crossed, it was about 8 p.m. Uh, we crossed at the Rainbow Bridge, which takes you directly into the heart of uh, Niagara Falls there. We were the only bus. As a matter of fact, I think maybe I saw two other cars crossing at that point at that time. Uh, the customs agents were very happy to see us, as a matter of fact. I think we were one of the very first buses to have crossed over. Uh, as a matter of fact, I stood there talking uh, with the customs agent as my people were being processed, and he was asking, oh, um, so are the buses getting ready to start back? And truthfully, I think the reason he was asking is because they're short-staffed, too. So he was thinking about, oh, goodness, if these buses are coming back, we better get some guys in here. But as far as the actual processing, super, super simple. Um, you walk up as usual, present your passport, have your, your documents ready. They ask you some simple questions. You know, what are you up here for? How many days? And, you know, the answer is to go see Niagara Falls, and we're going to spend some money and take home a bunch of maple products. They wave this <laughs> right in with open arms. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, I'm, I'm surprised. So, it, basically, it, it didn't take any longer than it would have taken because of the system that, that Canada has set up. Let me ask you, Chris, um, did you have to do anything special to get back into the United States? I mean, did your people have to have to test to show that they hadn't picked up something in Canada? What requirements were there to get back into the States? We did not. There, there were no requirements. You know, I was checking online, checking the U.S. Embassy websites, that sort of thing. Um, absolutely no requirements whatsoever. 
Now, I got to tell you, I was a little bit concerned about just showing up to the border there. I hate to say this. It's always harder to get back into our own country than it is to get out. Um, So I asked the people, you know, just kind of have those exact same documents ready. Have your passport, your vaccination records, test results, and even have the, you know, Arrive Canada or Arrive Can app information there. Um, They never looked at it. Kind of funny. So I told the people, hey, you know, guys, just be ready. This could take a little longer. They tend to be a little stricter. And the door opens and the custom agent comes out. And, you know, he's got that John Wayne saunter, right? And I'm thinking, this is not going to end well. <laughs> we opened the door. He made a couple jokes. The whole bus was laughing. Um, they got us off. They filed us through. It was quick and easy. You know, again, show your passport, answer a couple questions. Do you have anything to declare? Yes, 15 pounds of maple syrup. That's about it. <laughs> so so easier to get back um so you're in canada you guys were there for four or five days you're in a tourist area niagara falls um did you find it as crowded as usual were people wearing masks how are how are canadians handling all of this in respect to south of the border in the states <laughs> right now is the time to visit we had the falls all to ourselves it was probably the best experience I've had, simply because you didn't have to deal with any of the crowds. Um, The groups were able to get in and out of attractions quickly and easily. Uh, When you're on board the boat sailing to the base of the falls, you're not having to jostle for position to get that picture. Now, as far as masking goes, yes, um, they are, you know, still requiring masks, uh, all indoor venues. You don't have to wear them outside, but even, for example, on the um, the boat sailing to the base of the falls, that is an mm-hmm. open-air attraction, but we were required to wear masks. One thing also, um, I noticed in some of the restaurants, you would have to scan a QR code, and this was for, um, what do they call it, contact tracing. So I know that some places here in the States were doing that. I personally had never come across that before. Um, but it's it's simple. You simply scan the code. You, you know, enter in some basic information. And this is not necessarily so that they can trace and track you. It's to inform you if they find out that you've been in a situation where you could have possibly been exposed. So mm-hmm. it, it may seem a little intrusive, but the truth of the matter is it is for your protection. Did you get the good. feeling... Did you get the feeling in Canada, Chris, that, um, you know, down here there's definitely two camps? You know, there's the vaccination folks and the non-vaccination folks, and and uh, it's two distinct camps. Did, did you did you feel that up in Canada, or did you, as tourists, did you not get into that type of a situation? You know, here's what's funny is that day on September 6th, there apparently was supposed to be some sort of anti-masking rally uh at Clifton Hill, which is one of the, the hot spots there in Niagara Falls. We did not see any of that. Like I said, we arrived at 8 p.m., uh, so I imagine that would have taken place earlier in the day. Um, you know, I guess as tourists, maybe you're a little bit shielded from that because you don't have that much contact with locals or you don't have time to really sit and talk with the locals. But, you know, from working with my hotel contacts, attraction contacts, all that sort of thing, you know, I kind of think they just look at it as, hey, you know, we're doing what's right for the greater good. I mean, keep in mind, Niagara Falls, the entire area, tourism is the engine there. It's, it's the economic engine. And so I have a feeling at this point, you know, after a year, year and a half of no business, they're going to do what needs to be done in order to get things open and get it moving again. 
I, I, we've talked mostly about COVID-related things here, um, dropping that for a moment and kind of shifting gears to just um, tourism without COVID. Um, for the benefit of folks, I've always felt like there are two destinations on the East Coast that really appeal to people from California. One is Cape Cod and mm-hmm. one is Niagara Falls. For some reason, those seem to be the two places. I mean, obviously, New York and Washington and, and, and places you would think of, but Cape Cod and, and Niagara Falls seem to be the places that folks from the West Coast often have, haven't scratched off of their list or they've, they've been there and it was a very brief stay and they want to go back. Um, Chris, as a, as a tour director who's been there many times, including last week, you're about to take a bunch of folks through, the, through a similar itinerary. Tell our listeners a couple of things that are highlights of your visit to Niagara Falls. Oh, goodness. On, on this one, we do all things Niagara Falls. You see it from every single angle. Um, the, the hotel itself is a highlight for me because every single room has a straight-on view of the falls. Um, it, it's so interesting. I would get up every morning, and yes, as a tour director, I've seen this quite a few times, but I caught myself taking pictures of the sunrise, you know, taking pictures of the falls <laughs> illuminated in the evening. It still yeah. fascinates me. Um, the, the journey behind the falls is really cool because you are literally underneath the falls. You can hear the water rushing over the tunnel that you're in, and, you know, you step out on the observation deck, and it's coming down right in front of you. Um, Oh, goodness. The the falls illuminated at night. You have dinner right there as the sun's going down. And right about the time that dessert and coffee comes, the, the lights flip on and, you know, you get to walk around outside. And it's it's a full-on light show. Changes colors and, you know, sun, early American falls, you'll see the red, white, and blue. And on the Canadian side, you know, the red, white, and red to, to mimic the flags. Uh, and, of course, the, the cruise to the base of the falls. That one amazes me every time. Uh, about the time you think, oh, we're not going to get any closer, are we? Oh, surely not. You do. Did you get out to my get out to my little town? Did you get out my favorite little place there, Niagara on the Lake, the little town that's about thirty miles away from the falls. Of course, and I hit the bakery there in honor of you. <laughs> Mark leaves no bakeries unturned, folks. That is what Mark does. <laughs> <laughs> a little weakness for goodies, for, for local goodies there. Well, Chris, uh, thank you. Yeah, Thomas, do you have another comment there? No, I just wanted to remind you we have one minute. Okay. Um, Chris, before we let you go, any last uh, tips or anything that you encountered along the way that you want to share with our listeners? Look, here are my tips. If you want to travel, travel. It's open. It's running. Um, yes, there are a few more hoops. You have to wear your face mask. But there is a whole world waiting out there for you. This can be done. Systems are in place. All you have to do is access the information, follow the rules, and go have a great time. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Sounds like uh, sounds like at least one of the upscales of COVID is not as big of a crowd, maybe a little bit better experience if you're willing to wear a mask. Chris Galloway, our road reporter. When we come back, we're going to talk with Gwen Duncan of Cordially Yours Travel a little bit about the cruise industry and what's going on right now if you're a cruiser. Right next, that's next here on The Travel Guys. Hey there, it's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Remember now, you can find links to our special guests at TravelGuysRadio.com. Returning to the Travel Guys, it's Gwendolyn Duncan. 
Actually, Gwendolyn Cordial Duncan of Cordially Yours Travel, our travel advisor, here to talk cruising with us today. Welcome back to the show, Gwen. Thank you. It's nice to talk to you guys again. And before we went on the air, Thomas is is playing with your name a little bit there, but I I did not know this. You you the reason that your agency is Cordially Yours Travel is my maiden name is Cordial. Nobody I, has that name. Exactly. That was my thought, was that? <laughs> yeah. Um, know, my, no, I'm a friendly you, person, guys. <laughs> you, were, you were destined to be in the travel industry literally from the day you were born, it seems like. Yes, that's you know? true. No middle name. That's, I use that as my middle name, actually. Ah, okay. Well, anyway, I just thought that was kind of, kind of interesting. It doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean anything, but I thought right. it was... <laughs> It was interesting. Well, it probably means something to you. I mean, you know. Anyway, Gwen, welcome back to the program. Um, Thank you. For those of you who, who might be new to the travel guys, uh, Gwen is has been our resident travel advisor in, in residency here for quite a while. And when we have things, of course, we haven't all been traveling a lot recently, but Gwen's company specializes in cruises, and it gives us an opportunity to kind of have a finger on the pulse of retail travel from a travel agency point of view. Gwen, we've talked on this program some about from a tour operator's point of view, my company, about how difficult it has been to plan trips for people. People sign up for the trips. They send you their money. They're all ready to go. And then as it gets closer, you either can't go or people are not as ready to go or something comes up. And, you know, some we're, we're getting more out on the road now. But are you are you feeling that same kind of frustration of we call it not being able to make dreams come true department. And, you know, you're right. What I'm finding is that there is a desire to want to travel. There is no doubt a desire. But it's not been easy for those people who choose to, besides the fact that the rules have changed and people who were not vaccinated or choose not to be vaccinated were at one time able to go on a cruise if they tested um, negative uh, two to three days before they would board. Now it's fully vaccinated. That just came up in September, uh, starting the September 11th, I think it is, or 12th. The, mm-hmm. um, fully vaccinated must do testing two to three days, depending on the vendor, two to three days prior to boarding. We got one change that just happened this morning I wanted to tell you about. Royal Caribbean is offering at-home testing. It has to be purchased through them sixty nine ninety nine and you have to do it in the presence of a telehealth person. So that they're hoping that that's going to make things go faster. Some of the vendors are allowing testing at the embarkation. Gwen, let me ask you, so are people buying cruises? Are they I mean because what we're seeing here at Sports Leisure is that if we can create a safe environment, play by whatever rules there are. I mean we just sent a group into Canada um, over last weekend and have another one going over this weekend, which is going into Canada is not easy. There's a few hoops to jump through, just like getting on a cruise ship. But are yeah. are some people weathering the storm and, and traveling anyway? Oh, yes. Uh, they are scheduling out to 2022. Gwen, is there a particular, is there a destination or a set of destinations or a part of the planet that people are more comfortable cruising with now? In other words, are people doing more river cruises in the United States or more things that are that are using U.S. and perhaps in Canadian ports as opposed to 
trying to go over and do a, a river cruise in Europe? The buildup that we're getting, of course, we're on the West Coast, so we get a lot of stuff for Hawaii and Mexico. Canada just recently opened up, so that makes it better. Yeah, you're right. It's mostly domestic. Gwen, let so me jump in with a quick cruise. question here. Uh, early on in the interview, you mentioned something about uh, having COVID tests to get on cruise ships. And for a moment, I thought you said that even people that have been vaccinated have to get a COVID test. Did I misunderstand? No, you're absolutely right. And that's something that just started. Uh, the, the CDC recommended it, and the cruise lines are doing that. That's the same thing that's being required to get into Canada, is that yeah. uh, even if you're vaccinated, you still have to have a negative test, and it has to be within 72 hours. I think now they've relaxed it slightly and said within three days of your arrival. So that means that if you're in that third day and you're in the 75th or 76th hour since you had the test while you're still okay, but um, it is it is the way of travel right now. And I, as, as I was saying, uh, Gwen, we're finding that People want to travel so badly that they're willing to jump through those hoops, especially if they're vaccinated. They know they're traveling with other people who are vaccinated. Gwen, before I let you go, um, I want to ask you uh, just one thing. If you could share something optimistic and positive with us about travel that you're hearing from your from your customers or the folks who work from you, or you just feel yourself, um, what can you share about us to, to, to tell us that there are rainbows down the road? I help the people do those uh, safe travels to get to Hawaii and the, the forms that you do online to help people get to Canada so that they don't have to go through the stress of going somewhere and actually book and travel and, um, and everything. It is depressing a little bit that it's a people-to-people it's a relationship business, and uh, some people have to wear masks, don't get a, have that kind of same interaction. But they're still willing to travel, which is very good. And I want those people who actually are able to travel to really talk about what the experience was like and to let people know that you can still enjoy destinations. Gwen Duncan from Cordially Yours Travel. You can find a link to Gwen's agency and her services at TravelGuysRadio.com. Gwen, thanks for... Thanks for joining us and sharing a little bit about travel from your point of view. We'll check back in with you down the road. Okay, thank you, guys. Tom, I just wanted to to mention here before we get to the end of the program that um, I wanted to give a little shout-out for CVS. They did all of the testing for our Canada group last week and for this week. Um, They have a lot of locations all over the place. The very best thing that I can say about CVS is that they were there to track. They were, you, could, you could speak to a person. If you got someplace and your test results weren't what they were supposed to be, they weren't there, why there was a way to get to a live person. And dare I say, if you're on your way to a foreign country or someplace and you need to have those test results, why, that would be a good thing. Well, all right, my friends. We'll be back next Sunday, same time, 3 o'clock. We'll do it all again, help make you a smarter traveler. Here on The Travel Guys. In the meantime, dance like nobody's watching. We'll see you next week at 3 o'clock.